Lafondra looking to get cold side of Vaughn. Lafondra away from David. 3-1 Reading. Three points Reading. Hello. Welcome to the Empire Rules podcast sponsored by Blue Collar Street Food. A night to forget in Yorkshire once again for Reading FC. Yorkshire is not a particularly happy hunting ground with our second 4-0 defeat there in the space of three weeks. To join me in discussing Sheffield United's victory last night, I've been joined by Matt Lansley. Matt, not a big fan of Yorkshire, are you? It's it's going down in my estimations. Sheffield, lovely city, would go again. But for a football game, I'm edging away from it slowly. And joining us for the first time, Andrew, I think you're probably more of a fan of Yorkshire, given uh, your location in the country. Yeah, it's true. Uh, my boys and I were joking that last time we went to Sheffield United's ground was to see uh, the home team, which was England women, win 4-0 against Sweden there. So we were hoping that that wouldn't happen. And then, of course, the home team did win 4-0 again last night. So 4-0 is becoming a very, very unfavourable scoreline, unfortunately, for Reading fans at the moment. And that's the second time this season. We've lost 4-0, of course. Matt, yesterday was always going to be a difficult game, I think, against a team who are going to probably be challenging at the top of the table. The lineup yesterday, we had one change, I think it was, from the weekend with Junior Hoylett coming into the starting lineup and lining up at left wing back with Tom McIntyre moving into centre defensive. It wasn't quite centre defensive, but it was in the midfield three. What are your thoughts on that lineup yesterday? Pretty much when it happened, I mean, we were talking about it in the time as we were getting lost around the Sheffield one-way system, which was a bunch of fun. Um, but <laughs> we were kind of talking about it at the time because me and you disagreed at the time on kind of the, the setup. You actually guessed it correctly yesterday with McIntyre in the middle, but I was dreading that thought. I didn't really want to think McIntyre in the midfield again and kind of when it materialised that he was in the midfield, I, I, I just... I. I don't want to see McIntyre in midfield again. I kind of feel like it's it's almost played out the exact same as when we tried Liam Moore in a defensive midfield position. It just doesn't work in the slightest, in my opinion. Like, left wing back is him probably at the furthest position you probably want to see him in from left centre back. But left centre mid was just, it, it just was not good. I, I kind of thought we'd line up almost like we did pre-season with two deep lying forwards as Hoyle at one side, Ince the other, Zhao up top. Um, but it just, yeah, it just didn't happen. I thought you'd have then um, Hendrick and Loom in the middle. I would have probably, I would have probably preferred that with then McIntyre at left wing back. But yeah, pretty much once the game started and I saw him in the midfield, as you know, we're going to talk, it just didn't work. It really didn't. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a masterstroke last season with the 2-1 win. He was absolutely fantastic in that position, but they were totally wise to it last night and he just looked completely lost. He worked really hard. Um, He did an awful lot of running. He looked exhausted by the end of the game, but it was just, they knew what to expect. I think last time it had sort of the shock value, but doing it again, it just... It didn't work at all. And we looked so light. And then, of course, even when he moved back later on, it, by that point, I think 
the die had been cast and that was it. And obviously, uh, Jao up front as well, whether that was a sensible idea with the way we wanted to play, you know. But again, he's going to score our goals. So, well, we'll, I can't we'll really say to, that. We'll come on to the Lucas Jao debate in a little bit because I think it's one which is going to get a little bit of a... Uh... A little bit of debate going amongst Reading fans in the next few weeks, certainly. But the opening 10 minutes, Andrew, the left-hand side for Reading, I mean, we've just started to discuss it here. But Sheffield United on the right-hand side basically just walked around Reading's left-hand defenders like they weren't even there. Tom McIntyre, Junior Hoyler, Naby Sarr, they just had rings around them, around them for the first 15 or 20 minutes. And after 10 minutes... They find themselves one 0 down because Sheffield United have scored. Talks through the goal. Yeah, well, I think the big thing about the goal was the uh, amount of space that Doyle ended up in because he'd been fouled by Loom and uh, ref wave play on and off he went and he was rolling around on the floor, but he was alert enough and aware enough to realise the ball was coming back. Got up, he was in an acres of space, could put it out to the left for them and over it came and brilliant header in the middle from McBurney who just made a nuisance of himself all night long. He was, whilst he was on, he was absolutely causing the kind of problems that we sort of hope that Shane or Lucas would cause other teams centre-backs, but he, he really was just constantly in the face. And yes, there were times when he was giving fouls away, but equally it was clearly putting our defenders off. And especially once Sarah gone, it, it was a real problem. And, you know, that header just sort of summed up his night and the way we defended against him. And the, the one thing, Matt, that we noticed during that first 20 minutes, especially with McBurney and, and Dai, uh, Doyle, the, basically the, the attacking players for Sheffield United is just how fast their, their play was. And the fact that they just left Reading basically flat-footed, really. Oh, you're on mute, Matt, so that's not great. That's rookie 2022 era. My God, how many times has that happened since COVID? Unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we kind of mentioned it before the game because you, you notice before the game how much they are watering the pitch at Sheffield United. And if they're watering the pitch, you know there's going to be some zip to the play. But it was it's probably... It's probably the quickest I think I've ever seen a team play the ball out with how quick their movement was, how quick their passing was, the amount of one-two passing, the movement off the ball. I mean, they were pulling the defenders and the midfield around. Well, the midfield was almost non-existent with how much they were being being pulled about. And I think you've almost got to just sit back and just... I know in the first half, we should have got tighter. We should have got tighter. We should have pressed more. But you got to give a certain amount of credit to Sheffield United and how good they were last night, I think, because they just tore us apart, really, in that first in that first 20, 25, which I'd probably almost say even up to about 40 minutes because then they sat off a bit when half-time came. Secret Blades fan here, Matt Lansley, giving credit to Sheffield United and not disparaging Reading for their poor performance. Uh, but, the, yeah, I mean, as you say, Matt, the first half, really, Sheffield United dominated the entirety of the first half and I think Andrew that Reading were probably quite lucky that it was only 1-0 because Indai went through on goal after about half an hour or so 35 minutes and 
I don't know how he's he's just missed the target completely with this chance one on one against uh, Joe Lumley. He he did, and I I mean I like to think it was because I was yelling uh, directly at him how much. I thought he was offside, although having seen the replay since, he was miles onside and it was just yet another example of awful defending. I think the problem we had in the first half was there was a lot of huff and puff. There was a lot of industry. We ran around a lot. We were working really, really hard as we have done under Ince. But the problem is, as you both said, we're just getting absolutely nowhere near them. And by the 40-minute mark, we were already exhausted. We put a real shift in, but let's be brutally honest, they were just a class above us. They were just so much better than we were. Yeah. And, you know, we were very lucky to only be 1-0 down. And although I would say they weren't as good in the second half, I think they sat off a bit more. I think the scoreline definitely reflected the overall pattern of the game. Yeah, I think I agree. I think Reading, they get to half-time at 1-0. And I, I, I said it to Matt at half-time yesterday that although we're 1-0 down, we're sort of in the game just because it's 1-0. Reading aren't in the game in any sense of performance or shots or chances here. Uh, I think Reading had one very slight half-chance that Lucas Xiao basically just couldn't get under his control before the keeper smothered it. Um, and that was pretty much it in terms of any kind of chance for Reading in the first half. And they go into half-time 1-0 down, and Paul Ince decides to make a change at half-time. Matt, we found out after the game that this is due to injury, but, I mean, during the game, it felt like this was almost a change because of necessity, because of how deep the midfield had been and how slow it had looked in the first half in terms of becoming coming up for that press with Fauna coming on for Nabi Saar at half-time, Tom McIntyre drops back into defence. And I think this is probably closer to the the formation, or maybe not the formation, but the style that we were looking for, especially, you know, the first 15 minutes of the second half. Yeah, and it kind of, like... Well, I mean, the experiment of McIntyre midfield, um, I mean, I know Andrew kind of... It's over, it's over, it's last, last it's year. Like, yeah, I... I I can't see how he gets back in the midfield. He might have had one or two games, good games there kind of in midfield, but I think he's also had quite a number of bad games out of position where we've tried him in midfield. It's like, like I say, it's very reminiscent of Liam Moore when we experimented with him in in midfield, in my opinion. Um, And it just showed like, because in the first half, he just looked like a lost lamb. Like he, he, he was running circles around himself seemingly and just didn't know where to put himself, didn't know where to go. He didn't know when to press out. He didn't know when to sit back. Like there was times when he was almost in the back, back four when you're getting so much, so much pressure on you, you know, you need to do something. You can't just sit back and then just almost become a, a back six almost just because that's where you, where you feel you're comfortable. But you know, when 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 Loom came off, you kind of, to be fair, you probably could have taken off either McIntyre, McIntyre, um, Hoylet, or or um, uh, not Loom, sorry, Sar. Um, you could have taken off any any three of them at halftime, I think, and reshuffled the back four and the formation. Um, it'd be interesting to know when Sar got his injury because towards the back end of the half, I he something wasn't right. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if he picked it up. 25 30 minutes in but yeah the second half happened and um 
you said we were in the game at half time, but we <laughs> certainly weren't after. We were in the game at half time, weren't oh, we? Oh, we, we were in the game at half time, but it come just one didn't minute last after. Very long. No. Yeah, it didn't last very long. Um, I, Andrew, I think my, there must have been at least a, you know twenty percent of the crowd who just missed this second goal because it happened after about sixty seconds. I'm not even sure, Reading. I, I, t- I tweeted that Reading hadn't touched the ball, and I had at least three smart comments saying that we must yeah. have touched it because it was a corner. But yes, I get it. We did, but this isn't a great piece of defending. I think from from Fauna just seems to lose his well, not even lose his man, but he gets beaten a bit easily, doesn't he? Here for the for the, the goal. The most the most he was doing was pulling his shirt to try and stop him, and you know, in that situation, pulling his shirt is not going to stop that happening and the thing was to me it was just another example of how good not only were they so good on the ball and the pace that we've talked about that they moved it with but they were so physical and so prepared to do the dirty work and get in there and just we couldn't handle it we just simply couldn't handle it and the only defender I felt that stood up didn't play particularly well but at least stood up to it was Saar and as soon as he was gone every time a cross came over you just thought this is going in this is going in. And, you know, it could have been more than four, let's be honest. Yeah, I think the defenders, like I said it last night, and I didn't think the defenders necessarily played awfully. And I think it's a difficult one when you've conceded four to say, oh, the defenders have not played terribly. But it felt like they didn't play badly, but they just they just got exposed at points by the quality of Sheffield United. Um, you and you were right off the ball. They they just basically were finding the pockets every time, and the finish for two 0 was was direct from the corner. Reading ended up getting to an hour, Matt, with Lucas Shaw trying up top. Actually, I probably shouldn't have said trying. Some people might disagree with that. Reading got to an hour with Lucas Shaw up front. Let's discuss Lucas Shaw because. There was definitely some debate last night on online uh, around Lucas Schell and his perceived lack of effort slash body language slash what does he bring to the game um, with different opinions going back and forth. What what are your thoughts on Lucas Schell, Matt? What's your current thinking on him? Um, yeah, fire away. I think to be to be honest with with Lucas Shaw, it's going to be a difficult one through the season because I think with with the team and the way that obviously Ince wants to play, it's not really everything around the the way that Ince wants to play isn't in Shaw's nature. He's a flair player. He creates a goal and can score out of nothing, but he then can also go invisible for for ninety hundred eighty minutes, you know, in consecutive games. He's not somebody that if the game, like last night, isn't coming to him, he's not a player that's then going to go after the game. He's not going to... If if the game isn't going to come to him, he's not going to try and bust gut to an effective game. And I think that's a problem in this team at the moment because it's all about work ethic. You look at Tom Ince, you look at Shane Long when he starts, even, to be fair, Hendrick, for, for his pitfalls, he runs about quite a bit to whatever effect that you might that you might say. Now, work ethic is an interesting one because this season we definitely considered Andrew work ethic as a a big positive within the side. 
And and I think it could be argued, certainly, that Lucas Schell's perceived, I'm not going to say his actual work ethic, I really don't know, but his perceived work ethic is lower than that of Shane Long's. However, as you said earlier in the podcast, Lucas Schell is going to be the player who scores the goals in this side, realistically. If I had to pick a player who's going to get 15 goals, it's going to be Zhao, not Shane Long. Is work ethic or quality, what are you looking for? Honestly, for me, I think my view would be if we're not going to play him the way he's going to be effective to get those 15, 20 goals a season, then maybe we should look at selling him because of the contract situation and everything else. However, the point is that we also need those goals right now because we all know ultimate thing that we need to do this season is stay up. That's it. And I can completely understand why people think I'm mad to say we'll maybe get rid. But last night to me is an example. It's not, I wasn't cross with him. It's not his game. You cannot be expecting him to be playing as the big target man. That's not what he does. It's a complete waste of his time. It's a waste of our time and it clearly didn't work and he looked thoroughly miserable when he came off but that's because he didn't get a single chance and then when he did get hold of the ball to try and take it down and do what he does well he was snatching at it because he wanted that time and he didn't have it so I you know for me if they're not gonna play the way then maybe we should have looked at getting rid of him. Obviously, it's looking like he will still be with us. So we need to then make sure we're using him in a way he's going to be effective. And lumping long balls up to his head is not going to be any use at all. If you're going to do that, you've got to play Shane. And maybe we need to play a front two. And, I th- you know... I think for me, for me though, the big the, the big problem comes, though, when, it, when he goes elusive in a game like yesterday, he needs to find a way to affect the game because otherwise it's just pointless having in, him in the squad. There is no point to him. Well, some people say he's going to create a goal out of nothing, but this Reading team isn't... I don't think it's about creating goal out of nothing. It's about outworking a team. And if, if Zhao can't do that, you know, even if he's going to try and make himself a nuisance back in defenders, back into defenders, try and grab fouls, win fouls up the pitch, which he just... He just doesn't seem interested in doing. I know it's a contentious kind of topic at the moment because people will say he will get goals, but he's he's got to he's got to do more because you look at you look at the other players, you look how much Ince Ince didn't really do much kind of play wise, but at least you're seeing him trying to press with the um, press the defenders, which he was getting very frustrated because nobody else was really helping him. Shao should have been up and helping Ince press the defenders. And he just wasn't. And I think that leads us back to where we were at the start about the tactics and actually whether we should have started him. And I completely agree with you there. Actually, in this particular game, for the kind of effort you're going to need to put in, the kind of style you're going to want to play, we're not going to play in quite the same way against Stoke. And I would back him far more to make an impact on Sunday than he did last night. I would massively back him to do that because... You know, Stoker are, are not terrible, but they're not going to play in that slick, muscly way that Sheffield United did last night and completely bully us, not give us a second. And Ja will have more time and he will have more of an ability to affect the game. Last night, it was just 
whilst he was on, it was a wasted opportunity for him. And it was also a wasted opportunity for the team because there was no outlet. As soon as we cleared the ball, he'd go up for the header. He won one or two, but there was nobody beyond him. But most of the other ones, he didn't win or it went out of play. It was complete waste. And then they were straight back in our face and we were pinned back in again. It will be an interesting few weeks, I think, watching the fan opinion of Lucas Schau and whether his kind of whether his reputation of this, you know, goal scorer and player who can pull something out of the bag and pull something out of nothing is going to continue. Um, because at the moment it's going to be I think it's going to change if we continue to see games where he's not necessarily involved. Um, whether that's his fault or not, like last night. 62 minutes, uh, Illiman Indai gets the third goal. Matt, this is a pretty good finish. Um, Reading don't really close Illiman Indai down, though, on the edge of the box once he receives the ball. Maybe should have pressed him, closed him down, but it is a pretty good finish into the bottom corner once he gets the opportunity. It is. And kind of, I think, I mean, we when we did the preview pod, you know, we were talking about um, players and kind of talking about how well Indai had kind of started the season. Um, it was a bit kind of disappointing up to that point, but the finish was fantastic. I mean, from a defensive point of view, it, the most frustrating thing about this is how kind of slow it kind of rolls across the box. And you've got almost McIntyre, Holmes and Hutchinson sitting a couple of yards in front of the six yard box. And then you've got Lumen Fauna almost outside the 18 yard box you know he, he he's kind of got so much space fauna half-heartedly comes over to him and tries to press him come into him but he just ends up in no man's land it's it's like we, we we're talking we're talking about kind of effort of players and stuff and like i mean that they're, they're running back into shape but there's there's really not much effort that goes into the blocking of, of this chance there's not much that the problem is, is they've been they've been ripped out of shape by that point already, haven't they? And in, once in dies, found say, himself in space, they're say, trying to get. It's you too, say they've been ripped out of shape, but it's like if 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 you rewatch it, it's happening almost at two mile an hour. This goal, it's not a quick goal. It's probably the slowest move they've made all game when you look at it. And if you also look, there's two points where we end up with four players in a square around the ball, which you know none of them are going to try and stop that, and none of them are going to. They're just in a square. And then if you watch the goal, that square, then they all turn and watch it fly into the top corner. And it's like none of them have thought to um, go a bit closer and maybe make a block on it or something. And again, I think that's because we were just in such disarray because, as you just said, Matt, they've just pulled us apart again and again and again. And it, at that point, it was like, what what do we do? We didn't get chance to do very much. Let's be honest, because the game pretty much was petering out for Reading from the very first minute uh, with no chances. We didn't actually have a shot on target last night. We've still got one more Sheffield United goal to discuss, which is great. Looking forward to this one. Um, Matt, it's another header. It's kind of the cherry on top for Sheffield United. Their centre-back has a brace. It's just, it's not, it's just not a particularly well defended goal here. I think Hutchinson tries to get get a header on it, and it's just, it's a good cross, but 
it's just another the, frustrating goal to concede, I think. It is. And to be honest, it's 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 another cross in. I mean, like we defended crosses last night like an under tens football team that are all scared of the ball and scared of heading the ball. I mean, like the, you know, that there, there was and and kind of put, putting the bodies on the line to try and stop the crosses. I mean, like it's 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 passed out. I can't I, I don't even know who it's passed out to, but I know Norwood whips it's played back to Norwood who whips the ball in first time. And I mean number fifteen, I'm not gonna try and pronounce his name. I Sheffield United gone the preview did pronounce it, but I'm not even going to try. He's number 15 or Chris Bastion's love child, as he was calling him. Um, yeah, like what I will say that number 15 can play. He was he was outstanding last night for Sheffield. Um, again, I know I'm kind of giving Sheffield quite a lot of props, but he's a new signing who's come in. The United fans said to kind of keep an eye on him. And last night he kind of showed his his worth kind of his his overlapping play the amount of times he actually found himself high up on the pitch i know it's kind of the sheffield united style of old but the amount of times he found himself up the pitch his finish for the for his first goal was fantastic the volley was sensational um and he's just kind of worked worked a couple of yards of space in between hutchinson and i think it's Holmes. you know i don't really know where mcintyre is he's gone walkabouts again seemingly um but yeah it's it's just a ball whipped into that area and it's just it's an easy header It's like the more i'm actually watching these goals the more it's i'm actually re-watching it and getting frustrated at last night and the thing is it had been coming but it it's strange that at the end of the game um there were so many fans still left that they came all the players came over then there was a real camaraderie between the fans and the players even though we'd just been being four nil and i think uh as we were discussing before we came on that uh when we lost two, in 2019, when we lost 4-0 there, even though we'd had 59% of the possession, 10 shots and two on target, that was a much worse performance than last night because we kind of shot ourselves in the foot four times in that game, whereas last night we were just completely and utterly outclassed. Just They were just so much better than we were. I think it's one of those results last night, which you, as a Reading fan, you might just have to grin and bear at this season. Those those kind of performances against the teams right at the top of the table, away from home, might happen. Unfortunately, we yeah. might pick up a point here and there. We might fluke a win against one of these teams at some point away from home, but they're going to be top of the table for a reason. And ultimately, as Paul Ince said after the game, when you've got a twenty million pound striker who you can sub on for another twenty million pound striker playing against a back three of a League One defender from last year, a championship rotation player from last year and the academy player. It's always going to be very difficult for Reading, unfortunately. I think I think the biggest thing to remember about last night is that this wasn't Rotherham away at 4-0. You know, you are, like you say, Alex, playing a real top team. And Sheffield showed their class. They pulled us apart. There's no two ways about it. You know, I think they've just got to kind of brush themselves down from this one. Is it frustrating watching some of those goals? Hell yes, but it's—I say it's not—it's not Rotherham away. It's like we've still got nine points from 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 the last twelve possible. We've had a good start. You just need to come back with a draw or a win against against Stoke on your home turf because if you get results at the Medeski or the SEL, you know that's the biggest thing this season. And yeah. I was going to say that the, the like we I said earlier, the effort was there, the quality wasn't, and I don't think again that that is any bad reflection on us. It's just we are not 
in that situation, we are not going to be fighting for promotion, and they are, and we just need to grab every point that we possibly can, and that's it. And talking of, you know, grabbing points, we've got an opportunity to again on Sunday at home against Stoke. Andrew, we've uh, added in the last 24 hours, well, 12 hours actually, um, with a new addition to the squad, but not new to Reading fans, Baba Rahman back at Reading for a second season. Do you expect them to come into the lineup on Sunday? And what score prediction are you going to go for for Sunday's game? I definitely expect to see him. I think it's fantastic we've got him back. I was, uh, as I'm sure all of us were, I was still up last night hoping they were going to announce it after the game, but obviously we had to wait till today. Um, but yeah, I think he'll come back in because it solves that left wing back issue we've been having. Um, you know, we've tried various things there, but we know that Baba Roman will work there. We know that and it's sort of, to me, it's a no-brainer that he comes straight in. In terms of prediction, I would say 2-1 Reading. Lansley? Yeah, he comes straight back into the team. I don't think there's really many qualms about that. You'll probably see McIntyre at the back, I think, as well. If so, I know it said there's a possibility he might be back for Sunday, but yeah, he'll come straight back or he'll come, Bubba Ramar will come into the team. Um, at left back for sure. Um, it's it's one of those games. It's one of those games you always look at with Alex Neil coming in as his second game. I think then a lot will depend on, I guess, you know how the new manager new manager bounce and all that goes. But I could probably see a draw. I like to be to be honest. After tonight, I'd probably take a draw, take a one-one draw or a nil-nil draw. To be honest, because after tonight, you just want to restudy the ship. If you get if you get you know another two, three points from the next couple of games, really. You know, when you've got Stoke, Watford, um, I can't remember who the other team is, but if if, if we can just pick up a couple of points against them, brush this loss, you know, kind of out out of mind, out of brush sight. Yourself, kind of, brush yourself down and go again, right? Over the next absolutely. four games and see, see where we are and see where we are in a couple of weeks' time. If we can be at about 15, 16 points after 10 games, then, you know, we're looking towards survival, aren't we? So that's all we've got to be thinking about. Get me to 50 points in 21st place just as quickly as possible. That's still my motto for the season. (laughs) It's going to be long repeated, I think, this season. Get to 50 points ASAP. We will be previewing the Stoke game. Matt Lansley will be joining Jonathan Lowe and somebody from the Every Step Along the Way podcast. Uh, That will be out on Thursday. And then we will be back on Sunday afternoon because the game is a Sunday 12pm kickoff. Do not forget, it is live on Sky. We'll be back on Sunday afternoon with Eric joining us and Matt Lansley. And we will be reviewing the game then. And until then, have a good week, everybody. And we will speak to you very soon.